0: Hi guys, this is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays and I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. We are back. You guys, we had a bit of a brief break last week. I took off. I needed it, but I also was not doing the typical summer vacay like so many others seem to be doing on my Instagram stories. I'm very jealous. I am excited for all my friends that are jumping off yachts in Croatia or walking through the streets of Portofino. I I am here for it. But this past week I spent my time. Many of you who follow me on social media know I spent my time actually going throughout Poland and Greece. And I did that with an organization called Choose Love. And so today my guest is the one and only most incredible co-founder and CEO of Choose Love all the way from London where it's a hundred degrees today and it's on fire. This is Josie Naughton. Hey Josie.
1: Hi, Brooke Hameling. How was that intro? It was really nice. I'm really smiling and... I feel very honored to be on your podcast because I love Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays.
0: Well, I'm so happy. And for the audience, there may be a slight delay. Not only uh, am I working from a hotel room in New York, Josie is literally in the midst of a heat wave. They don't have aircon in London for the most part. And she is doing this while London is burning basically and melting and with technical uh, difficulties just a little bit because of the heat. But we're so glad you're doing from your coolish sort of basement. I guess it's like not a hundred degrees or what are you, 40 degrees, but it's like 35 degrees. there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: So guys, what I want to do is I want to get into talking to Josie um, about Choose Love, which is actually really seeped in pop culture. And it's going to be really interesting when you hear why. And so there's actually a real connection here. And we're going to talk also about a little bit about our trip. But before we do so, there were two things that happened that are really, really interesting to me and fun. And I wanted to talk to you, Josie. So you saw obviously the Benifer news. JLo and Ben Affleck got married in Las Vegas by themselves. What did you think about it?
1: I am here for it. I love Benifer and I loved them. Was it 17 years ago? And when they got back together, I was ecstatic. I was so here for the pictures of them on the yacht for JLo's birthday. And I loved that they did it in Vegas and I loved that it was understated and I just love it. True love exists. True
0: love exists. And, you know, we actually met a couple that that similar story where they have come back and it's, you know, I love these stories of people who had love at one point and then through they'd had different families and lives and not to discount them, but then they've come back and found each other later in life. I put on my Insta story yesterday, a picture of Benefer, J-Lo and Ben Affleck, along with a picture of our fictional characters, but they're the same, Carrie Bradshaw and Mr. Big. And I said, this is the same story. I'm like, if you don't understand, you don't understand, whatever. But here's my thinking. I mean, it's truly the same thing in so many ways. So let me paint a picture. You were just a wee lass because Josie, who is the founder, co-founder and CEO of Choose Love is only 37 years old. I mean, the, what she's accomplished, which we'll talk about is extraordinary. But let me paint a picture of 2004. 2004 was a lifetime ago. It was the year Friends was still on the air. They had the Friends finale. The, the, the What was like the she banged she banged. That was like the big (laughs) pop culture thing that brought us all together. There was no Facebook, you guys. There was no iPhone. Oh I don't God. think there was an iPhone. There was no Facebook. There was certainly no Twitter or Instagram. I mean, we lived in a very different time. And I'd actually broken up with my long-term boyfriend at the time, who was a rock star, about a year before. And I'd known Ben briefly. just I'd met him in passing a couple times at dinners and so forth. And when he and J-Lo got together, it was a special, Spectacle, spectacular. He went from being like the scrubby guy who wore like cargo pants and t-shirts and smoked cigarettes and drank PBR, probably from Boston. I mean, he was like the guy in the, his movie with what's with um, Matt Damon. But then all of a sudden he's dating J-Lo and J-Lo had been, I mean, she had worn that dress, the the Versace dress. She had dated P. Diddy. She was a dancer. She was this, you know, she started as a dancer. Then she became an actress then she became a singer. She was glam. She was a totally different kind of star that Ben Affleck was. And Ben did start to change. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but like he, he went from like kind of, college boy wearing like birkenstocks to he had a whole new set of veneers
1: yeah in the jenny on the block video and he's like all super glam
0: super glam right like he clearly got chiseled and he got like probably a lot of spray tans he got some new veneers he got you know a stylist he changed and this was at the time when paparazzi was, you couldn't get away from it. We didn't have the Daily Mail the way we did. We didn't have online, like, you know, I mean, I guess we got it from blogs and stuff and magazines. Like Us Weekly, I never went a week without looking at Us Weekly or People Magazine or any of that stuff. So the tabloid journalism was huge, and they were at the start of it, and they were getting married. I mean, it was this romance. They had a huge ring. They the wedding, like they would have uh, helicopters showing where the wedding was going to be and the setup, and it was you know magical. And she was in these rom coms. I mean, it was just this sort of like wow. And even if Ben sort of changed a lot, people at least my memory was like we were here for it. So when it ended abruptly, it was very upsetting. And I mean, like, I actually remember where I was. Uh, It was just very, very upsetting. And it ended like so quickly. And then, you know, JLo's not a girl that waits around. She was married to Mark Anthony, like basically the day after the wedding was called off. She ran off and she, you know, as as a girl who sort of is a romantic, I get it. Like she ran off and Ben ended up getting, you know, married to, to another woman, another Jen and, and had beautiful children. And J-Lo has had a, a series of relationships that were high profile, but never quite the same. And then there were reports that Ben, whether it's, this is true or not, had felt like it was just too much. It was a circus. It was like, it was crazy. And so the, the narrative, whether it's true or not, but the narrative has always been Ben got cold feet. It was a huge spectacle, spectacular. It was too much and he like ran away from, you know, like a runaway groom and left J-Lo at the altar. And that's the narrative that certainly me and my group of people, we've always sort of thought of since 2004. I actually like hated him for it. I was like, how could you leave J-Lo? Only for them to come back together all these years later after Ben has been through the ringer looking like a hot mess in and out of rehab and they end up getting married in a simple ceremony with just the two of them at a drive through chapel in Vegas. And she had her hair down and wore more of a simple dress. And let's be clear, this is what happened with Carrie and Mr. Big. Their wedding was becoming a spectacle spectacular. It was in (laughs) vogue. It was all of these people were at this huge service. She had this hideous dress with like a bird on her head. It was huge. And Mr. Big drives up to the church and he just, he sees it and he's like, this isn't, who he was he couldn't do it I don't think he was saying he couldn't marry her but he just was like this isn't right this isn't about what this is and he ran off and it was a whole shit show and her life you know, went on without Mr. Big until they came back together. They came back together over that Manolo Blahnik shoe in the closet of the beautiful apartment that was being sold. And they realized they still had love for each other after all of this time and heartache, but they were going to do it in a different way. And she wore that very simple suit white suit with a little skirt and little jacket. And the two of them got married together with her hair down and just very relaxed in a courthouse. And it was just the two of them. It's the same thing. Do you agree?
1: It is the same. I 100% agree. And yesterday when you text me that it was the same, and then you said, her hair was down, not up. I just kept (laughs) saying it and I stole it. And I was saying it to my friends yesterday, but her hair was down, not up.
0: Because JLo's hair is always up when she's doing these fancy things. She always has this sort of like beautiful, sort of uh, extravagant hairstyle. And she was down. She just looked like a girl. She just looked like a happy, joyful girl. Her man got ready in a bathroom that had graffiti on it and it was a suit from his closet. Like, that's the way it's supposed to be. It was just like, let's just make it about us. And they'll probably have a big wedding. I think there's the reports that are going to, they're going to. To have a big wedding, but they have this blended family now. And doesn't it give you faith that real love and true love exists no matter what shape or size it
1: is? It really does. It's like the best ever JLo rom-com movie. And I want to know where, which film her dress was from because it was from one of the movies, wasn't it? Right.
0: That's everybody, the detectives are on it. So she wore two dresses. One is a little bit more extravagant and beautiful, but the, the simpler one she said is from her closet. That was from a movie that she was in. And I think some of the detectives online sleuths have figured out which dress it is, is a really pretty simple dress, but nobody can figure out which movie it was from but speaking of that what is your favorite j-lo movie
1: do you remember oh my god made in manhattan without question i just loved made in manhattan so much
0: i will watch that movie uh no matter what if i turn it on and it's on regular tv with like with like commercials and it's three quarters of the way done i will watch that movie but something about that movie i learned and i do to this day i remember the little boy in it her son oh my gosh yeah he's Yes, yes, yes. He was the son and he was so cute. And then Ray Fines is like the senator, the conservative senator or whatever. And Ray Fines shows the little boy that he always has a paperclip in his hand to deal with nervousness when he has to public speak. And I always now when I'm doing something publicly, I either have a paperclip or like a hair tie and I always have it in my hand. And I
1: learned it from Made in Manhattan. I saw you doing that while we were away. (laughs) That's what I do.
0: And I learned it from that movie. That's hilarious that you (laughs) picked that movie. I would have said wedding planner, but I just found Matthew McConaughey's blonde hair and that just it was an abomination. But I will say Monster-in-Law with Jane Fonda was another fucking great one. I loved it. That's a
1: great one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so many movies about getting married.
1: I haven't seen the new one yet with Owen Wilson.
0: Yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> the the Owen Wilson one is not, we okay. don't talk about that. It was, um,
1: it never happened.
0: Let's just not, let's just pretend that never happened at all. But all the movies about getting married, I mean, monster in law about getting married, wedding planner, obviously about getting married. And Made in Manhattan it was about, you know, falling in love and getting married. <laughs> so her rom-com has come full swing.
1: Very happy for J-Lo.
0: Yeah, so happy for J-Lo. So Josie, have you, have you seen the new season of Stranger Things? I think you said you hadn't yet, right?
1: I have not seen the new season of Stranger Things. It's, it's on my to-do list, but I, I'm very aware of it on my Instagram. Well, the
0: fact of the matter is all of these kids are for the most part, some of the stars of it are all Brits. They're Brits. They are total English actors playing Americans. And I think it's really interesting. But one of the things that came out this week is the, the star. He was new in this season and he played this character, Eddie Munson, and he's played by this English actor who is, I think you need to become best friends with him because he's so adorable. His name is Joseph Quinn. And if you guys have seen this Uh, season, you know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, I really cannot encourage you enough to watch it. And I know the last season was slightly disappointing, but it makes up for it. And our friend Lily Allen's husband, I'll just call him that, David Harbour, is amazing in it. Uh, We have Winona Ryder. I mean, there's every reason to watch this show. But this guy, Joseph Quinn, who plays Eddie Munson, is this character that just you gravitate towards. He plays this sort of outcast. Everybody who grew up in the eighties knew somebody like Eddie. He wore like the rugged jeans and the denim jacket with like leather sleeves. And he played in like a heavy metal band, but he also played Dungeons and Dragons, but he was so sweet to the other outcasts and he just didn't give a shit. And he came from the wrong side of the tracks and he just became this beloved character. And as a result, he was a big star at Comic-Con in London. And Comic-Con is that conference that, have you
1: ever been to one, Josie? I have never been to one, but I have friends who, who do it and have the fans come up to them and do all the photos with them. And they've told me that it's a very intense experience.
0: Oh, so when you say you have friends who do it, you have friends who are actually the actors who are there to speak and meet with fans?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Oh my God, which fr- can you say which friends? Come on.
1: I can. I have Toby Regbo, who was in a show called Rain, Matt Smith and Billy Piper, who were in Doctor Who. I feel like more than that, but they're the three that are coming to mind right now.
0: And it's insane. I mean it's really so Comic Con started around comic obviously comic stuff and characters and people would go and they'd meet the meet them and you hear them talk but get meet and greets and get things that were signed. But then it's obviously grown immensely due to the success of the Marvel comic books coming to life and films and TV shows and DC comics. And then all the sci-fi stuff that is, you know, sort of comp like doctor who. So it's huge and stranger things obviously falls into that category. And so at comic con there is, we don't have videotape, but uh, video of it, but Joseph Quinn again, who plays Eddie Munson, apparently was spending too much time talking to his fans. Like it was delaying whatever it was, you know how these things all are on a schedule. So it was delaying some of the other stuff. And apparently the rumors are that some Comic-Con staffers were really, really aggressive and like angry and like sort of cutting to Joseph Quinn. Like, you know, one could imagine it's like, hurry the fuck up or we got to go. Like, you can't, you have to leave these people. And he wanted to talk to all of his fans. So in the next day and in, in a, you know, Q and A on stage, somebody gets up and he's sitting there, you know, holding the mic. He's new to this fame. He's new to this stardom. And this girl gets up and just says like, I'm not here to ask you a question. I'm just here to say, thank you for taking the time and doing this and meeting with us. And she does this whole thing and he is sitting there holding the mic and you can see this emotion take over and he starts to cry, but like he's trying not to show that he's crying. And so he's like wiping his eyes. Hi, and mine's not really a question. It's just more of an extension of gratitude, really. Um, I'm sure a lot of us have heard what happened yesterday, whether it's true or not. Um, I won't really comment on it, but I just wanted to say thank you from all of us. We're really grateful that you're sharing your time. Yeah. 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 Thank, you, thank you for joining things, for spending time with us. Yeah. So, for our summer. Um, I think that we've all really connected with Eddie for one reason or another, whether we liked his music taste or that he is the outsider, like you mentioned. I think all of us are part
1: of Eddie uh, because we are really connected with you as well. And we have all really made our weekend, um, and you we really made mine as well. Like You were just so nice to me and my guide dog yesterday. And however you were treated yesterday, um, you know, we are so grateful. Um,
0: So by that, he's acknowledging that clearly something had happened the day before. Something did, you know, actually occur. And it was this beautiful moment. And you just watched. somebody become beloved from not just like, you know, sometimes they can be disappointing from the character they play to the real life person. But it seems that as of right now, Joseph Quinn is going to be unstoppable. Like he has the entire group of women and men all absolutely eating out of his hands. So I am here for it. They have one more season. Um, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I loved it so much.
1: Oh, I can't wait to watch it. I'm a hundred percent gonna watch it, and I can't wait to get Joseph Quinn to wear a "Choose Love" t-shirt. Well, I was just, so you took the words out of my
0: mouth because, then that's the perfect segue. It's the perfect segue because I a hundred percent need Joseph Quinn and all of the characters to be wearing "Choose Love" t-shirts. I mean, they're all each and of the the cast is really it's a remarkable cast because each one of them stand on their own. Each one of them has something, and and I mean that like literally across the board. So, um, and also it's got my gen generation. So you have David and Winona and they're in my age, um, Matthew Modine, who some of you may know from a little movie called Vision Quest from the 80s. I love him. Uh, he's been in so much. Uh, he plays Papa. And then you have this young generation, the Gen Z kids that are, you know, coming into their own stardom. And it's just, it's amazing. So I love the show, but choose love t-shirts. So this is the time for you to tell the story. Guys, I I really can't say how much my life has changed. It was seven days on the road with Josie. We we had like eight flights and multiple hotels. We had meetings upon meetings upon meetings. I got to see what was happening in Poland and with the refugees coming out of Ukraine and all of the people on the ground doing work to help them, whether women and children or feeding them or translation issues or translators or legal services, just incredible. And then we went to Greece to see what's happening in the refugee crisis there. And these refugees or people seeking asylum are coming from so many different countries, Afghanistan, Syria, Turkey, Iran, Somalia, uh, Eritrea, like so many places. And you see them and we saw these camps, these centers where there's just chain link fence and barbed wire. And it's, it's a lot. It, it it changed me. It really did. And that is all because of Josie and all the work that she's doing. So let me set this up. Josie is 37 years old. Josie started, uh, working for the band Coldplay. Again, I told you there's a pop culture connection. She was the assistant to Coldplay's manager. She, that means she was on tour with the band. She hung out with the rock stars. She hung out with rock stars, friends and movie stars. She was hustling, working deeply immersed in this rock and roll world and then something changed and so now Josie tell me about Choose Love and how did it come about as you're sitting there rocking and rolling with one of the biggest bands in the world
1: thank you for that introduction Brooke um I hope that I can live up to it you already have (laughs) and just to say really thank you for coming and spending the week on the ground and understanding the situation and the context and really learning and listening because um, not everyone does that and it's really appreciated.
0: Yeah. And I should say guys, like before we get into it, this is, this is not a new organization in the sense like it didn't happen overnight. They've raised quite a bit of money, a huge amount of money. And that money goes directly into the hands of organizations on the ground that are serving refugees and people seeking asylum. Um, this is, there's so much work that has to be done. You have people like Harry Styles, Dua Lipa, James Blake, all of them are involved with Choose Love. They've worn T-shirts, they've done videos, they've put on events. You've really hit the zeitgeist of the moment with artists and certainly artists of this generation who understand what you're doing. So tell us what you're doing and why is it so captivating to people like that? So
1: in 2015, when I was working for Coldplay and I was living in L.A., the band had come home for the summer, and so I had also come home. And that is when the refugee crisis happened. So a million people arrived in Europe seeking sanctuary that, that summer. Where were they coming from? From primarily Syria, but also Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Eritrea, Sudan, the Congo. You can have up to 25 nationalities in the, in the camps.
0: Why was that happening at that moment in time? Why did it all just start to, like hit in 2015
1: i think it's a mixture of reasons the the conflict in syria that was essentially an oppression of people by a regime had been going on for a number of years but had kind of reached a a boiling point and people had no other option but to but to leave the arab spring had just happened social media was really starting to come into its own people were talking about, about the fact that borders were open, routes were being shared. The, the world had just become more unstable. There was a, a lot of different political things all happening at once. And suddenly there was just this mass migration of people, which is something that I think is gonna be the story of our times. Mm. So so this had happened, a million people were had arrived in Europe or you know, the, this time in the summer of 2015, a few hundred thousand. I was at lunch with a couple of friends and I, I just felt so sad seeing the images on the news. I Probably some of the listeners remember there was a specific image of a little boy called Island Curdy who'd washed up on the on the shore as his family were trying to make this perilous journey across the sea. And it just, it moved me, it moved thousands, millions of people and wanted to do something to help. And so we set up a crowdfunding link to raise a thousand pounds and we had an Amazon wish list of the most needed items in a camp in Northern France, which was like tents and sleeping bags. And the links went viral. And I think at that time people really wanted to help, but they had nowhere to put that energy. And the big organizations both weren't responding to what was happening, for various different reasons but also they they didn't exist really on social media and this is we we were able to just reach people that we'd never met before but who cared deeply just like we did and we ended up with 50,000 pounds within a week we ended up with um 7,000 different packages from amazon arriving every single day celebrities were sharing it so it was it was pop culture right from the very get go and we, we went to this camp to kind of deliver all of this stuff. And we imagined that we'd find a big organization there. And actually what we found was 5,000 people living in a field without, without shoes, without diapers, without tents. And we couldn't unsee what we'd seen. We hear about these
0: organizations, you know, like I, I see, TV ads for Save the Children or UNICEF or for all of these large organizations that say like we're on the ground. We, we imagine these governments or whether they're government led or NGOs that are large. We assume that people arrive into these camps and
1: they're there are all these people to help them. That's not happening. So it's complicated and First of all, this crisis was unprecedented and it happened really quickly and often big institutions and particular governments, it takes a really long time to have new strategies developed and to have that all approved. There's a lot of bureaucracy, there's a lot of red tape and there needs to be a response happening immediately as soon as the thing happens and then something can change, a border can close and people people are going a different route and so you need to be able to respond really Fast and flexibly, and often the big institutions that we're used to aren't able to do that. And then this issue has become incredibly politicized, even though it's actually just about humans like you and me. And so sometimes especially state-funded organisations, they aren't able to act because they have restrictions put on them by government. So we work with grassroots local organisations, community-based organisations who are filling these gaps and who are delivering the tents, who are providing the legal services like we did when we started, but now we just fundraise and and give the money to all these different organisations working in all, all the different countries where displaced people are.
0: Yeah, one of the things guys I have to say and I'm in the communications business. So my my whole business is about messaging and it's like always getting a client ready and uh, like preparing them with what to say, making sure that their message of what their business is is consistent throughout. And so I'm very attuned to listening to messaging. We met, I don't know, 25, 30 different organizations, people involved with organizations, Different, some of them refugees who are now involved with organizations helping their, their communities. And unprompted, every single one of them, these were Polish people, these were Ukrainian people, these were Americans, Canadians, Somalians, Greek Turkish, I'm honestly, I'm, I know I'm leaving things out. Every single one of them, regardless of, of where this meeting took place, unprompted was just outspoken with, Of all of the partners we've ever worked with, there's no better partner than choose love. What you guys do is the most important because you get us the money quickly. You get it to us in our hands when we need to tackle these problems and these other bigger organizations that would fund them, make them jump through weeks, if not months of hoops of reporting and due diligence and all of these bureaucratic red tape things that we've, that you know, organizations sort of are entrenched in and you're able to do it in a much faster, efficient, cleaner, effective way.
1: And why aren't all organizations doing that? I mean, it's a very good question. I don't know. I think there is a kind of movement in terms of the conversation that people understand that that is what needs to happen. But there's bureaucracy and then red tape and the way of changing everything for that, for that to happen. And actually one of the big reasons we're able to do it is because half of our income comes from the public. And so those funds are unrestricted. And those funds that come from the public come from the Choose Love t-shirts. So when we first started the organization, I really wanted us to sell t-shirts, at a music event that we put on. I knew from Coldplay that merch was an important part of the business.
0: Merch is the most (laughs) incredible thing. So I went to a BTS concert and... I mean, those kids, the printing of money they must have made, like they would have bought a napkin with their faces on it for $400. Like they, there was nothing that they would not buy. And every single person was wearing a t-shirt. And in fact, I have so much choose love merch. I had sweatshirts, tank tops, t-shirts. I didn't go a day throughout our whole trip, not wearing something that said choose love.
1: And it's so impactful. (laughs) <laughs> I've worn Choose Love almost every day for seven years, but uh, so so Choose Love. There's a really famous designer in the UK called Catherine Hamnet. and she was quite, she invented the slogan T-shirt, and she had T-shirts that said Stop Nuclear War, like Save the Bees, and she did a T-shirt that said Choose Life on it in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and George Michael was really famous for wearing it.
0: Yeah. And we should clarify that this was, this was not a political statement around pro-life. This was prior to that whole movement. This is in England, which yeah. means it's a very different thing. George Michael very fam- famously wore a t-shirt that said choose life. People tried to take it as if he was pro-life it has nothing to do with that. It was a very famous thing from the eighties and nineties. So I just want to clarify that because I think people sometimes get confused.
1: Yeah, and it, they, I, I, it's connected to a poem by Irving Welsh that's at the start of Train Spotting. So it's it's like more connected to that. Another pop culture moment, the film Train. Amazing. <laughs> so I got connected to this designer, Catherine, who's incredible. She's a queen. Um, and she said that she would make our t shirt. And we thought about what it should say. Should it say refugees welcome? Should it say help refugees, which is what our organization was called at the time? And she said, you know what, this has become so politicized and it's just, you know, you're telling me about kids, you're telling me about people who could be your grandmother, you're telling me about people that could be your family. What you're doing is just choosing love. So let's change, choose life to choose love. And the t-shirt was born. We sold it at the event, it sold out, people loved it. And then we thought, what if we got celebrities to start wearing it on Instagram and telling people to to buy the t-shirt and kind of wearing it as like a badge of compassion. Alexa Chung was I think the first person that did it but before long Oprah Winfrey had done it will I am had done it and I just thought you know we'll have like six months of people buying the t-shirt and connecting to the message but here we are seven years later and people people still love it and people still buy it and um, it's an amazing thing because people wear that t-shirt it's it says a message but it also literally buys food for people they've never met before in other countries.
0: And even sort of related to that in, in a show I've talked about here and even this moment I think I put in the newsletter a couple weeks ago but the um, the cast of, of another favorite show of mine on Netflix which is Heartstopper. Uh, is it Heartstopper? Heartstopper. Yeah Heartstopper and they were seen wearing t-shirts that I think one of them designed right and then they sold and the profits went to choose love and they were wearing them correct me if I'm wrong at Pride and even confronted anti-gay uh, protesters in those t-shirts. You see them on TikTok, and that was ultimately a, a a an event fundraiser for you, if you will. But those t-shirts were is that right?
1: Yeah, that is right. And they the cast have been really supportive of Choose Love. We're we're so lucky that so many stars and so many talent really get behind the message and. Uh, you know they they want to get involved in in different ways so we're hoping that the cast of heart are going to do we run a shop every year where people can come in and buy items for refugees and they leave with nothing but the the money that they paid for those items then goes to buy the items for people in other countries but hopefully the cast of heart stoppers are going to come and do a takeover day, or at least a couple of them are. And we've had previously the cast of Fleabag came and worked behind the tills for the day. Chris O'Dowd has been behind the tills, Lena Headey. And it's just a really nice way for people to get involved and help that feels accessible to people.
0: And if you guys do follow me on Instagram, you saw that a few weeks ago back in LA, Josie had an event at the most beautiful theater I have ever been in. A theater that was built um, around the same time as my house. I think it was in 1927 in downtown Los Angeles. It's the Ace Hotels Theater. And James Blake, the amazing musician, um, had an event that was, I mean, it was packed. It was like a Monday night and there was a gazillion people there. And it was such an interesting acoustic show and he had this amazing artist whose name I can't remember, but she was wonderful and an, an emerging artist. But then he also had this comedian, Mae Martin. And Mae Martin is this artist. I can't even explain how much I love them. They are on, I first was introduced to them as a cast member on the new season of Flight Attendant and they're amazing in Flight Attendant. They're a comedian. They are, I I am obsessed with them. Like I actually fell in love with them on stage. Like I think I even maybe messaged them on Instagram and I was like, I want to be your new best friend. But it didn't work out obviously. (laughs) Uh, But they were all there for Choose Love. The entire event was... Was for choose love
1: and that raised what fifty grand or something? It did indeed, and it was put together by Jamila Jamil and her Iway community. So we were just yeah, we were super lucky. And May Martin actually, Brooke, you better get ready for it. May Martin has uh, donated some clothes that they wore in Feel Good to for us to auction online. So. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna want to buy that. I'm Again, gonna buy some
0: of May Martin <laughs> stuff. I also hear that they are moving to LA, so that is exciting for me. Um, and then last lastly, on this sort of pop culture reference and and sort of tie it together, we have spoken a great deal about the love that we have for Charlie Mackesy. Charlie is an old friend. He's an artist based in England. He has always been an incredible artist, but in the last year or two, has shot to fame because his book, uh, for which I can never remember the boy, the horse, the mole, I, you know, whatever. It's been like a number one bestseller for 550 weeks or something like that. Uh, and so <laughs> when they had the, when you first had Ukraine happen, you and Charlie sort of got together and he made this incredible t-shirt that sold. And how much did that seat t-shirt raise for your efforts in Ukraine?
1: So that t-shirt, Within like a day, I think it had sold 15,000 T-shirts. It's raised over a quarter of a million pounds. So that's even more in dollars. And again, people people just love his art. They love the simplicity of the message. And one of the most heartwarming things is that a lot of the partners that we've begun working with in Ukraine or in surrounding countries uh, since the invasion, you, you, we go on a partner call and they're wearing the T-shirt. And like it, re- it really genuinely means a lot to people and it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And it's again, just like testament that people do care and people are good and love will win.
0: Yeah. Love will win. Well, um, I, I wore that t-shirt in Krakow and I got a lot of, you know, I don't remember if you saw those guys like raising their fists, like in like applause, like good for you, good for you, yeah. Ukraine. yes. Yeah. So it's an incredible thing. Your message is amazing. And I, um, before we get on to our make out Mary mute, how do people listening to this, how do they get involved? I know they can donate. They like, what do you want people to do um, sp- besides spread love and know that there is hope in this world, what can people do to to be involved with Choose Love? And can we put on a
1: concert? Don't you think we should? I think we should definitely put on a huge Choose Love concert and spread the message and raise money and raise awareness. And it would be a big pop culture moment. So anyone listening that can help, we're your girls. You know, To those listening that would like to be involved, we always say that Choose Love is a movement rather than a charity. And it is. It's everyone coming together. And not everyone can go and volunteer in another country, but everyone can do something. So if you follow us on Instagram at Choose Love, or you can visit our website, chooselove.org, and you will find a whole host of ways that you can be involved. You can buy a t-shirt, you can donate, you can go to our store, you can just learn about what's happening in the world and talk to your friends and family about it. And where, you know, it might not be tomorrow, whenever you're ready to start on your journey of understanding forced migration, or you just wanna buy a really cool t-shirt, we are here. And
0: I think what it really means is that next year you're probably going to get me and I want to get a whole bunch of listeners where we're going to make the trek and I'm going to become a festival girl and go to Glastonbury where you had a tent set up, I believe, where you were actually selling merch at Glastonbury because I saw so many Instagrams of people there and getting their their t-shirts and being looked after by your team.
1: We do indeed. We're really lucky. Glastonbury give us a stall every year and we uh, people can come and find out about the the organization and about what's going on in the world but also we have our summer merch collection so we have this year we had a really stunning pink tie-dye tea that was very popular I have it I have it I love it (laughs) and and a bucket hat because we have to be really on trend. So Yeah, well,
0: geez Louise.
1: Um, and Gemma Chan was seen sporting sporting that, that, that hat in like the magazines.
0: I mean, well, you had me at Harry Styles, as you know. So let's kick off our our Merry Makeout mute. And I'll go first because I find it gives my guests a little bit of confidence. You can steal the ones I have, by the way. But while you're sort of preparing um, who you think it is, listen, I am nothing if not consistent. I will absolutely, since we've just brought him up um, or I just brought him up, I will 100% any day of the week make out with Harry Styles. Um, it would be a real dream for him, <laughs> frankly. I think he'd love to make out with me. I, Olivia, I don't want your man. Just like a little make out. He just did a video where he was, you know, in bed with like a hundred women. It's like an orgy video. So I would have just liked to have been in that video. <laughs> That's all I say. And Mary, I think I would marry every single one of the partners I met in the places in Poland and Greece, every single one. We also had an unbelievable opportunity to walk through Auschwitz and and spend a great deal of time there and learn the stories and how compassionate people are and the people that explain their circumstances being so similar to what was happening with the ousting of, of Jews and others in that time. So I just, I would give my life to all of those people who give their lives to help others. So that's who I would marry in all seriousness. And then who would I mute? I would literally mute all of these horrible, generally men, dictators, you know, whether it's the, whether it's in Syria, whether it's Putin, whether it's in Turkey, Quirky, whether it's in Afghanistan, I would mute them all. That that's my very serious and yet delightful make out Mary Mute. Over to you,
1: my little Josie. <laughs> so I would, even though he's married now, so it have to be in the past when he was Batman, um, I would make out with Ben Affleck because I just love him.
0: And by the way, you're not it's not really cheating because it's just, you know, it's just our fantasy. So you'd make out with Ben. Pre-Pre yeah. JLo Ben, but fine. In between JLo Ben.
1: Yeah, maybe even Ben and Goodwill Hunting. Mary, um I'm going to say you because we got on so well traveling together for a week and we were like a great married couple. So if I have to spend the rest of my life with someone, it's you. And I hope that we get to you throw in potatoes. Oh
0: my God. We did have the best time. It was the most, e- despite guys, it was so much stress. There were so many things. It was so much travel and so much in, like um, emotions and whatnot. And we were just the best. We we're the best. We were the best.
1: We were the best. We were the best. And, and. Yeah, it it was it was every emotion under the sun all all at once in in a week. So, um, yeah, I love you, Brooke. I love you, Josie. (laughs) And my mute. I'd written all the the Tory candidates in the in the UK because the the election campaign is like getting me down. But I also agree with you with Putin, Assad and all the evil men, dictators, but they, they all need to be muted
0: and Boris. Who's going to be muted very soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, Again, if you want to find out more about Choose Love, it's chooselove.org or go to their Instagram, which is at Choose Love. There's so much there and there's so much fun merch and it's really great looking. It's not just like boring, big old t-shirts. Like there's so many good things. It's, It's great. I see a collab with Mad Happy. We need to make that happen. Yes, please. <laughs> it's a joy to be back, back in the Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays swing of it. And so we'll catch you next week. Bye, Josie.
1: Bye. Thank you for having me. Pop Culture Monday.